0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Coming up on TMS, tall guy with the small fry. ShitOutOfLuck.com Fletcher Mentals Unboxing the Four-Eyed Cactus Coitus, amphetamines, and mating possibilities I just assume they're all dead gallin shade
2: Make America greasy again
1: Reagan is shitting in his grave Drinking the Tubi Kool-Aid Five McDonald's later, poop out of luck Get your ass to Mars Graveside Manners with Amy
2: Fighting Foo with Wendy
3: and more On this episode of The Morning Stream You can't enter my magical computer world without first creating an account for our social media platform that's actively destabilizing the world's governments. I'm at Walmart and there's a
4: cat in the ice machine.
5: The Morning Stream. Hey Leo, you're going to have more sex than anyone in our class.
1: Good morning, and welcome to TMS. It's the morning stream for Thursday, October sixth, twenty twenty-two. I'm Scott Johnson, and he's Brian Ibbett. Hi, Brian. I am.
2: Yeah, I am. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Huh?
1: yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Prepping for the we talked about it pre-show. But he's prepping for the big game tonight. That's
2: right. Going yeah. to the big game. Yeah, going to the big game. All
1: what's right. your What's your go-to food at the uh, at the formerly Mile High Stadium? What do you get there?
2: Oh, they um, they've got like a an a, a new section they added this year to the bottom level. Um, which has three local restaurants, three local good, good restaurants, uh, mm-hmm. cherry cricket, a Marco, and a tacos place that are all owned by the same restaurant tour run by the same restaurant tour. And you go up and you little do a little touchpad to place your order. And then you just go up and you, you pick it up. And, uh, uh, I think we're going to do Osterio Marco tonight which is Italian food they make these really good pizzas there Ooh. and uh, Tina the and I have been been waiting to try the ones at, at mile higher at Empower Field or whatever it's whatever called whatever it's now. called next
1: week yeah, who yeah. Knows? So, so I yeah. I, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm alone in this and you can confer or deny but I feel sure, like sure. some of the best f- I don't know why this is it must be because you're in the open air or you're at, mm. even in closed spaces like hockey arenas Mm-hmm. Even if the food's terrible, it's so good there. Like I love eating at a sporting event, and I don't there's, know why.
2: There's truth in that, yeah. And the um, there is uh, there's there's some really good. So 303 hot sauce or Hatch chili sauce is a sponsor of the of the Broncos or the stadium or whatever, and um, they have these nachos there that are like shredded chicken, this Hatch green chili sauce, of course, a queso, mm-hmm. um, tomatoes, onions. Jalapenos, Um and it's so, so damn good. That sounds man, so good, and it's all—it's all, it's all chips stuff. Are my freaking weakness, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. and it's all gonna—you know—haunt your gut probably later in the night. But for sure, the point yeah. is, for while the you're, you're there the and hands. in the moment, it's amazing. Something even, about that, yeah. Even crappy yeah. little hot dogs. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But you give me that same hot dog at home, and I'm like, why are we doing this? This is terrible.
2: <laughs> it's like Did camping. We not have any Real food, yeah, exactly. It's like camping.
1: Yeah. You go camping, and whatever it is you brought to cook in the fire, or however you're doing it. It'll it's, taste it's like the, the environment.
2: Greatest, yeah. uh, environment plays a big part of that and, and creates, uh, you know, creates a, a showcase for the food, a foundation for the food.
1: Yeah, that's right. Now, yeah. speaking of foundations and showcases. Yes. Yes. I don't know if you knew this, but back in the early 60s, uh-huh. uh, the show Dragnet predicted the future. I ran what? Into sh- yep. what? What?
2: What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really? found, okay. uh, so I
1: found right. a clip watching. Just had it randomly playing in the background for whatever reason when I'm working, especially art stuff. I love That's having good. old That's shit, a good background thing. Yeah. yeah, just old stuff. It can be comedies, dramas. I don't care. Stuff from the 50s, 60s, 70s, just playing in the background. And usually it's something like um, Burnley. I can't think of the name yeah, of the name Rockford thing. Files. Rockford Files. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's mm-hmm. usually something like that, or Columbo, or something. Uh, well, yesterday I'm like, oh, they got dragnet. Let's put this on. I think it was Tubi or something. Okay, and I just let it run. And I heard you really this- gotten,
2: you've gotten full full whole hog into the Tubi, haven't you? Yeah, like, Brian uh, was right. Frank Dunaway has gotten you to drink the Kool Aid.
1: He was he was right. And with ad blocking, it's just like a big free streaming service. Yeah. Um yeah. And also, it has a ton of sh- good shit in there. I, I feel like I owe him an apology. But anyway, I'll never do it publicly. Here's here's what I found, Brian, and this is just interesting. <laughs> Because it feels like they successfully predicted the future. So you got uh, Harry Morgan as the uh, mm-hmm. agent, whatever, and then the other dude who's the famous... Jack Webb. This yeah. is the city. That guy, Jack yeah. Webb. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and here they are talking...
3: Joe Friday. Right.
1: About stuff that's uh, come true already or is coming true now. Here you
3: go. Okay. Have you been smoking marijuana? Marijuana is illegal. I know that. That's right. For now. In a couple of years, things may change when all the kids grow up and start wearing ties and going to the polls. Marijuana's going to be like liquor, packaged and taxed and sold right off the shelf. I doubt it, Mr. Shipley. Look, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it seems to me there must be better things for cops to do than chase down wild rumors about something as innocent as marijuana. Why don't you go after the big bad guys, the heroin peddlers? I won't argue with you about them. They should be stopped. That's right. We'd like to put them out of business. That's why we're here. What do you mean? We're trying to keep them from getting a new customer. There's a big difference between marijuana and hard narcotics. Yeah, but it's only a small step. And everybody who takes a drink is going to be an alcoholic. We know that's not true, don't we? Let's face it, we're on opposite sides of the fence and there's nothing we can do about it. For you, if there's a law against it, it's wrong, black and white. I just don't see things that way, that's all. Well, you ought to give it a try, fella. It might keep you out of jail. Maybe, but we'll change the law someday, even though your friend here thinks we won't. See, see, <laughs> that's
2: amazing.
1: Isn't that crazy?
3: I mean, that's what straight up,
1: the tr- that's exactly what happened. I'm, I don't know if at the time that sounded like crazy talk, it might have, yeah. You know, yeah, it's
2: will oh, never marijuana, horse hockey, marijuana is never gonna be legal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you always do and, like when I'm watching this, I want Harry yeah. Morgan to go full Colonel Potter. He never yeah. does,
2: oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, of course.
1: But I just thought uh, that was something boy, that
2: sounded like uh, like uh, Tony Dow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh yeah it did it's not him obviously but it did sound okay, like Tony Dow yeah. weird good ear Gosh, on that.
2: you know uh, marijuana is going to be legal dad uh, can I borrow the car me and Eddie Haskell are going to go check out the,
1: <clears throat> me, you the pictures me and Eddie Haskell I don't know who it was. It was some young up and comer in nineteen sixty two or sure. something.
2: And did you look up to see if he's dead now, by the way?
1: No, I just assume it. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> <Just> assume it. <laughs> I
1: assume they all dead they all died. I know the old yeah. guy's did. I don't know about him. Maybe still some around.
2: you know, twenty year old kid in nineteen sixty seven, yeah. so what, he's uh fifty or he's seventy something. He's probably he seventy, 70 or eighty, yeah. yeah. Something like that.
1: Yeah. He was probably around that. But yeah, everyone's dead. That's the rule.
2: Everyone's dead.
1: Uh, oh. So here's the other thing. Uh, so that that was, I just wanted to share that. Then yeah, I get this no, email, fine. and this email's amazing. It's from Scott Fletcher, who rarely, rarely emails us. You guys hear him oh, every morning when yeah, he does, no, you know. The morning stream. That guy. Scott Fletcher, right? One of yeah. our favorite human beings on this planet. Without a doubt. The golden voice of podcasting. The uh, tall guy with the small fry. The, uh, I got Ooh, no other names for him. Yeah, was,
2: well, uh, maybe, maybe that might be it. A- <laughs> <laughs> might be might have been a bridge too far. <laughs>
1: Maybe. But his wife, Christine, listens to the show. We love her. Uh, they're amazing human beings. We love them, right? Yes. Anyway, I get this email from Fletcher who says, hey, we got me and my wife have recommendals for you. And I oh, went, really? Cool. And they sent it in the form of audio, which is oh, uh, good. Okay. also exciting. So I'm going to play this and you guys can hear it. So this was sent on the fourth, uh, Phoebe Straw's birthday, the fourth. And okay. uh, here's what they had to say. And now, Fletchers do recommendals with my wife, Christine. What's your clip?
6: (laughs) I watched a movie last weekend that was big when we were kids, and I really hope that everybody loved it as much as I did and that somebody will make a remake of it. Here's my clip. (sighs) (laughs) 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 (gasps)
4: Sensei.
5: Oh, man, I love that one. What, was, what, what is the name of that one?
6: It was so great. Do you remember it? Do you remember, like, going to the theater and oh, watching you, it I there? I might
5: have been 8 or 15. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Maybe,
6: you, I can't remember exactly when it came out. That but was
5: the age of blockbusters when yes. the lines were really long and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what was the name of that movie?
6: It had that actor in it that we really liked. And then he went on to make more movies that oh, we loved. Oh, he was in
5: that movie with, like, the, the, the Tommy Lasorda?
6: But he was in that movie with the soccer ball and that woman. He made several movies with that woman. Woman that we oh, re- right. those rom coms right I,
5: that lady whose uh, breath probably smells like milk yeah oh,
6: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah right 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 I really I'm desperate for people to watch this movie and watch it so that somebody will make a remake and right so what's the name of that movie actually I think they did make a remake of it but not oh, the same right. director
5: yeah yeah with the uh, with uh, that the one guy Tom, uh, um, Johnny Whiplash uh, Tom, exactly, Tommy Two Time. Yeah.
6: so that's my recommendation <laughs> I hope everybody goes out and watches it
5: that's awesome so we don't need to do a recap all you got to do is go to shitoutofluck.com and look 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 at the show notes and we'll tell you all about the movie titles that we talked about today.
6: We don't do a recap on a podcast. We want you to go to a website. So just go to shitoutaluck.com and you'll know what we talked about today.
5: This has been Fletcher's Do
1: Recommendals. Wow. 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 Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. Big we old, get it. We get it. Big old gallon of shade poured right on the fire there. We get it.
2: I I would like uh, everyone to take note that at the end of yesterday's recommendal segment, mm-hmm. after even we'd let uh, Randy go, I went back and, and said, all right, so we've got uh, Blonde, which is a blechamental. We've got Licorice Pizza, which is on this service. And uh-huh. I did do a recap, but we usually don't. So yeah. they absolutely, and they send that before before yesterday's show where actually yeah, did it
1: that's a really good point yeah no look we'll cop to a little of this sure um, yeah, it yeah. happens it happens on my game focus shows where we forget to say the name of the game we're talking about or we don't do it enough mm-hmm. i
2: totally get it fair play <laughs> we've we've gone you know five six minutes into film sack and forgotten to say what the movie is that we were watching
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah. we have so so look fletcher's touche
2: Point shape. taken. Yeah, all point right. Taken. Point now taken. the real
1: trick is: will we improve on the uh, oh, process? Oh, I'm going to
2: go. I'm going to go so overboard in the other direction. So, <laughs> uh, in case you're just joining us, the movie I watched this week is Licorice Pizza. And uh, <laughs> all right, so yeah, it stars. Um, that kid who was uh, what's his face his son yeah. and, uh, the, the oh, wait, from and the chick and by guy. the way in case you're just joining us that movie is Licorice Pizza and yeah. it's available on Amazon.
1: yeah we'll just we'll still have our little tangents but we'll make sure to say the name every two seconds <laughs> we got this we got this yes perfect thank All you right. guys I'd love to know which of the two of them this have feels that. very Scott Fletcher y to me
2: like oh really no it felt it, it felt uh, very Christine i'd be me. curious so this, guys, is good, this is a good yeah, yeah i'm I'm an event. christine said you know they keep doing this thing where they recommend something and then i don't then they don't come back to it and tell me what the movie is and Scout would be like oh well then we should do a recording about it
1: yep we absolutely uh you know what right, you're, so prob- you're probably, probably right life. yeah that's listen what's for breakfast he says every day <laughs> yeah let us know uh, i'm gonna
2: go out and get the paper <laughs>
1: You know she is. A, she's a like a professional speech therapist. It's possible mm-hmm. that this is a pet peeve of speech therapists, where people don't discuss the topic or the subject of their topic right. often enough, right. or something.
2: Right, where they don't. Yeah, you're supposed to do the tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, and then tell them what you told them.
1: Well, I can't wait to see those guys again. I
2: love them. I can't either. Let's let's do TMS Vegas this weekend. Let's, let's, do let's do just it. say screw it. Let's do it this weekend. Yeah, let's Heck do it this with weekend. The, yeah, the Great American Beer Fest. And everything
1: else that we have planned, forget everything
2: else that we've got planned for this weekend, which is everything. Yeah, yeah. which
1: is everything. Uh, You know, all those things. I went to the... I'm not supposed to say this out loud. Maybe I'm not supposed to talk about it. (laughs) But I'm good anyway. Well, because some... Let's just put it this way. We were... I got a sneak preview of a certain new release Oh. that happened on Tuesday, and nobody else was supposed to be able to see this new release until Friday but i was able to get in to see the new release that happened tuesday oh, okay i saw the new release wow. last night the new release and let me just say this this content were you on needles and pins i was on pins and needles uh-huh. and it yeah. and and yeah. and the and the and the content itself is adorable and very cute uh for all audiences, done there. I've been vague enough.
2: Oh wow! Okay, now now I'm totally confused because I was thinking you were talking about uh, about Hellraiser, and you definitely weren't. If it's no, I didn't for get all, to see that. All,
1: I got all to see the baby. That's
2: what. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, the okay. release,
1: the new release from Tuesday.
2: The new release. Okay, now I see what you're talking about. Yeah, she's ridiculously the pretty. The new project that just dropped on Tuesday.
1: <laughs> ba- babies are supposed to be gobliny and ugly. I don't know what yeah. happened here. She's adorable. She's really oh, of cute. Of course she is. Uh, course. Anyway, enough of my gushing. Let's move on to Brian and his unpackaging. Yeah. I realize that's our uh, register Ooh. complaint music, but uh, we are using it here. Well, you so- could
2: register a complaint about McDonald's running out of these things so fast. Yeah. I had to... I basically had to go to three. Well, not go to. I'm not dumb enough to actually drive to a bunch of different McDonald's to. Who would do see that? Who's stupid thing? enough to drive exactly. around and look? I so mean, dumb. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I used the app and and I had to go. I had to like keep expanding the circle out to find a McDonald's that had this one. So I had to drive 20 minutes to get this, and I did. I have a in my hand the cab- uh, cabbage cactus plant. It makes just as much sense, <laughs> right? Flea market toy that comes in an adult Happy Meal. Yeah.
1: And this is like a streetwear company of some sort. I'm sure streetwear there's a, whole, that's, there's a yeah, whole throng exactly. of people who know the name and already like it or whatever. We get it. Right, exactly. It's just not exactly. me and Brian. So, we don't know.
2: We don't, we don't get it because we're old and, and our fashion sense is, oh, is that, a, is that on sale at Kohl's? Excellent. I'll take it.
1: Nice, nice, nice. No, so let me, from my side, real quick, the goal was we're both yeah. going to unveil our toys today. Yeah. Uh, and so Brian fi- did find a location. I tried using the app, found two that had it, but didn't use the app to order it. I just thought that meant, oh, I can go get it. Yeah. That was a mistake. Um, Five McDonald's later, nobody has it. Nobody has it. So last night, we tried one last time. I sent Brian a text while I was in the drive up. It's a big, long line. (laughs) Get up there. The girl goes, we don't actually get ours till tomorrow at 11. Like, my show is over by 11. <laughs>
4: right. And we exactly. don't have another one until Monday. does me no good.
1: It does me zero good. So I I was yeah. poop out of luck. I did get a sandwich, so that was nice. Brian was lucky. He got it. So today we're going to unveil which, which uh, do four-eyed unbegging. thing. Yeah, Yes. Even my uh, wife. So she hadn't heard the show, but my wife yesterday yeah. goes, have you seen the toys in that? And I said, yeah, Brian and I have been talking about the show. And she goes, they have four eyes for, like, yeah. no reason, she says. She's right. Yeah. It's Doesn't true. I
2: mean, yeah, you can say, oh, well, it's based on the whole cactus Plant flea market design, which is four eyes on a smiley face, but that doesn't even make sense. None so, of it does. Uh, so the four options are grimace, Hamburglar birdie, yeah, which was introduced in our lifetime, the uh, yeah. yep. you know in the eighties, and then the actual cactus plant dude wearing a trucker cap. Do we have any and memory
1: of what birdie's? What was birdie's role? Was she like the she, chicken sandwich? I think she
2: was introduced with the actual Happy Meal in the eighties. Oh, okay. If I remember correctly, okay. Yeah. I know the Nugget guys. And then we came also in. got the Nugget guys in the '80s too. Yeah, that was. Were like, the Fry guys before that? Because we had the Fry guys.
1: Fry guys, I think, were '70s. They're pretty old. Okay. Okay. Because um, I got some old. I got a picture of them when they were old and really raggedy and terrible looking. Uh, Hamburger was there. Mary McCheese was there. Whatever grimaces was there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about the the old guy, the professor guy that everyone's inform me about on twitter there's an old dude in a mustache who's not wearing any he's not a costume he's just a dude oh really yeah i don't oh, remember, I don't remember him. that guy at all i don't either he's to me he's a mystery he might be a late 90s guy or could I, be a I 90s
2: edition yeah. yeah all right anyway all right here we go <laughs> here we go it. the the unveiling and i'll be honest um this bag is is not super uh opaque. So I can kind of tell which one of these I got. What's, but, co- what's uh, the color, guesses, Scott? What's,
1: what's the color leaking out of there? Well, don't tell me yet. Let me guess. Um, okay, all right. Let's go with. Uh... <sighs> well, I'm trying to think what my luck would be. My luck would be like birdie, because who cares about freaking
2: birdie? <laughs> right of all of all the four of them, that would be the least desirable. No, I'm happy to report yeah. that indeed I got the weird Mister Bill looking. oh uh, uh... no way! Yeah, look at that. It's the it's the actual weird dude.
1: Okay, so he is which,
2: the like he's it the took cac- all of two minutes to design. He's the cactus street whatever thing. Cactus flea market party. <laughs> this doesn't feel like a party guy. <laughs> it's a flea market. Alright, so does he um does
1: he uh, move at all? No no articulation. No, zero
2: points of articulation. Not even this, his neck. He, okay. Not even his neck. He doesn't turn his head. He is for all intents and purposes, a uh, a block of plastic. Yeah, with some. Yeah,
1: is that a mega hat with the big M on it? Is that what that is? It <laughs> is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <All right. laughs> make America greasy again. Yeah. yeah. It very
1: Perfect. greasy. Um, that's awesome. I'm glad you got that one because who cares about the yeah. stuff we already know? Who
2: cares about the other ones? Like if you know, this is the one that. Uh... Oh yeah, let's let's actually take a look. I wonder if these are on eBay. <laughs> mm. Actually, yeah, still so he... in bag, cactus plant okay. Yeah, what is it? Cactus Plant Flea Market. Flea.
1: Does he have a name?
2: Mm, uh, I don't know. Alright, let's see. McDonald's.
1: Cactus Plant Flea Market. I've never heard of this.
2: Uh let's see. Uh individual toys look like they're $29.99. Jeez. Um that's a yeah. lot
1: more than I thought you were going to say. That's
2: just yeah. regular ones? That's just the regular ones. Uh set a full set 99 bucks. Okay. So $30 each or 99 for all four. This is why you can't get them, Scott, because somebody is saying, "Oh, I must get all of these." Yeah,
1: no, I think you're right. There's people. It's like during the uh, every time they did the Monopoly thing, people just run yeah. around and get all the stuff. It drove me crazy.
2: Yeah. That. Oh so yeah, grimaces are going anywhere from uh seventeen ninety nine to fifty nine on a buy it now.
1: Oh my gosh. You know what those probably uh, cost to make like oh yeah fourteen cents in China, I'm telling you. Right,
2: right, exactly. Yes. What a joke. I don't think I'd want one that bad. No. No, I'm not even sure I want this one. But are you?
1: <laughs> are you uh, you no, wanna, he'll, he'll you,
2: sit here for a while. He'll actually go over here somewhere on the uh, the the wall behind me. If they start collection. going for
1: like a hundred each, would you put him up and sell? Oh him?
2: yes. If this if I see it seriously, you know, un unbagged. If yeah. I see this thing selling for fifty bucks, I'll I'll sell it. I'd do it for fifty. Yeah. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah.
1: I'd do it for you do it for whatever is you know there's not if it if it went for 10 it's not convenient cuz you got to yeah. it's going to cost you that exactly, to ship it yes and, yeah.
2: right oh doing and and having to do freaking yeah auctions it. on eBay it's not like People say, "Oh, you know, just put all that stuff on eBay." Uh, yeah, right. I hate You've when got they. A big say old cabinet collection. You know what you should do? You just put that stuff on eBay. I'll make a fortune. Yeah. Do you oh, know yeah. what you need? And like I have a... to devote a year of my life to doing it. Yeah, or a full-time employee that just does nothing
1: but sort your eBay business. Forget it.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Freaking it ain't that easy. It.
1: Not gonna happen, man. Well, anyway, what an yeah. eventful pre or uh, early show. Here it really
2: was. What uh, the excitement! I don't know how we're gonna follow that with books.
1: Well, it's palpable. <laughs> And uh, we're gonna see if Red Fraggle can follow it up with some energy as well. see good what we. Luck. Get
2: good luck, Red Fraggle following that.
1: Yeah, good luck. We got four-eyed Mr. Bill. What do you got? All right, here we go. Let's play this right here, right here. That music means it's time for us to read a book. Yes, it's read this with Amy. Amy, welcome back to the show.
7: Good morning, friends. How
1: are, how are you? How are y'all? Good, good. How are you?
7: I'm gonna try and follow that
4: yeah, hideous
7: good. looking thing that looks like it came off of Nailed It.
4: Yeah,
1: but
2: yeah. <laughs> it does. It really. It looks like a nailed it attempt to make a um, uh, you know a sports bobblehead or something. Like, I mean, what's right? Nailed
1: It? Tell me. Oh. I need to know who Nailed It
2: is. Oh, who is nailed that? It is uh, is a Netflix game show. Uh, hosted by Nicole Byers, where uh, amateur bakers, you know, who, who aren't nearly good enough to be on the Great British Bake Off, try and replicate a fancy schmancy cake or cupcake or some sort of pastry design. And it the the, the results are usually la- hilariously uh, awry. Oh, interesting, dude. It's, okay. it's like, here, make this cake with fondant that uh, it, it resembles... Uh, <laughs> uh, resembles ronald reagan or something like that so this isn't then, the
1: whole is it cake thing or any of that right no 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 okay. no, no, no this is a oh
7: no this is yeah i'm being yeah. told my mic is hot
1: you are a little it's hot, a little hot. It's, it's a little hot. crusty you're, I, I, you're I turned tired. you down on this end but you're you're a little bit on the, uh, the you're front.
2: tapping on the high
1: end is yeah what, yeah is okay. what they say okay. in the biz
2: is that is that a bit better uh let's but...
1: say something for me
2: Hello. It's quieter, uh, but it's still capping. Still which is capping. Weird or, or, yeah. uh, okay.
1: It's like this. this cool. so you sound a little bit like you're right up
5: here like this.
4: Oh, where? okay. I'll just sit further back. what
5: we started.
7: I'll just sit further back. Is that a little bit better?
5: <laughs>
1: that's much better. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. Clipping. Okay. That's right. A clipping. A- is the clipping is the
1: word we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. What are we thinking here? All right. Well, it's great to have you here. Um, we have Amy on to talk about reading in books, and she's made some fine recommendations oh, cool. before, but I'm sure today will blow our minds. So, Amy, what do you think? Oh,
7: yes. Yeah. So, it's October. So, it's it's fun, spooky time. So, this is one of my... My favoritest books, it's not scary, but it it has a little spookiness to it. So go ahead, play the clip.
8: Let's play the spooky clip. Strike me silly, said Mr. Owens, if that isn't a baby. Of course, it's a baby, said his wife. And the question is, what is to be done with it? I dare say that is a question, Mistress Owens, said her husband. And yet it is not our question. For this here baby is unquestionably alive, and as such is nothing to do with us, and is no part of our world. Look at him smile, said Mrs. Owens. He has the sweetest of smiles. And with one insubstantial hand she stroked the child's sparse blonde hair. The little boy giggled with delight. A rattling. Someone at the main gate of the graveyard was pulling and shaking it, rattling the old gates and the heavy padlock and the chain that held them. "'Come on, Mistress Owens, leave it be, there's a dear," said Mr. Owens, when he saw a ghost, and his mouth dropped open, and he found himself unable to think of anything to say. "'You might think, and if you did, you would be right, that Mr. Owens should not have taken on so at seeing a ghost, given that Mr. and Mrs. Owens were themselves dead, and had been for a few hundred years now, and given that the entirety of their social life, or very nearly, was spent with those who were also dead.' But there was a difference between the folk of the graveyard and this. A raw, flickering, startling shape, the grey colour of television static, or panic and naked emotion which flooded the Owens' as if it was their own. Three figures, too large, one smaller, but only one of them was in focus, was more than an outline or a shimmer, and the figure said, My baby! He is trying to harm my baby! A clattering. The man outside was hauling a heavy metal garbage can across the alley to the high brick wall that ran around that part of the graveyard. Protect my son, said the ghost. Ooh. So we got Neil Gaiman, obviously, doing a deal.
2: Yes. Yeah, Baby. I just, baby. Just keep saying the word baby. Baby.
1: <laughs> baby. He's got, he's really good at that northern, um, rural English accent when he needs to pull that out where that's that whole like, we don't know where we found him, that whole like yeah. thing. Yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> Never again. Never again.
4: (laughs) Never. You
1: you all had your one shot. That's all you're ever
2: going to (laughs) get. We'll be able to clip that.
4: uh, Oh, my gosh.
2: Yeah. So
7: this is uh, a bunch of people in the chat have spotted it, including Carter. Yes, it is the graveyard book. Uh, This is this is one of my favorite, favorite books. It's got great rereadability. Um, it's an easy read so you can easily give it to uh, you know, anyone probably I would say maybe 10 or 11 up can read this. Um, and it's just really fun. It's uh, a little boy who gets raised in a graveyard by the ghosts in the graveyard. Yeah. And uh it it's it's a really fun cool book and it's it's got lots of sort of mystery and intrigue around it like why is this why is this man this man jack mm. chasing him into the graveyard why is he chasing a baby you know uh and and all of that and and but then it's also just watching this kid grow up in a graveyard and mm. uh and all the all of that that entangles so that's it's, awesome it's amazing yeah there are two versions of the audiobook that I found on audible one of them is only narrated by Neil Gaiman which I myself I that's that's the version that I have and mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another one that was released about six years later that has several different narrators including Neil Gaiman but in the sample they gave Neil did not, read any of the sample and so i was like well i can't be doing that because (laughs) because i can't abide that neil gaiman is lovely uh and and sounds amazing so
1: yeah uh, how would it be this is the nice so you got guys like stephen king obviously can write huge storied career nothing wrong with stephen Mm -hmm. king uh but then he reads his own books and you're like oh my gosh turn that off it's horrible i can't hear him talk he has a horrible voice to match his content whereas neil gaiman Brilliant author, and then this amazing silky great British narrating. voice that you can narrate yeah. anything. It's so, what a great two for one you get there with him!
7: Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I I could easily fall asleep at night to Neil Gaiman reading me the phone book, you know, I just, I mean,
2: <laughs> can you imagine so Stephen confusing. King reading the phone book though? What a oh. nightmare. Oh God. No, that yeah. would be, that would be what would put me to sleep every night. Like got Peterson. We're
1: in the P's now. Peterson. Alvin. 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 Yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I couldn't do it. I would have to no. slit something anyway. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Continue. Sorry. Uh, so, so this is, uh, did he do, he hasn't done much of this, right? This kind of book feels like a weird one-off to me. It's almost like his uh,
2: his uh, Neverwhere kind of.
7: Well, sort yeah. Of so yeah. there's this one. There's Neverwhere. There are several. Um, you know, I mean, Coraline is kind of in the mm. same vein, right? Where it's That's true. It's kind of creepy, but you know, he he does this thing where he talks about you know, people think children's literature should be all, uh, you know sunshine and rainbows. And he's like, no, the books I grew up with were incredibly traumatic and scary. Mm -hmm. And so he, you know, he kind of returns to that a little bit. And he says, this book in particular was sort of inspired by time spent in his youth where he used to go and just, you know, sort of ride his bike and stuff through graveyards. And then his, his son actually did the same thing. He was on his little, you know, his little tricycle and they would just, ride on the paths through the through the graveyard Mm -hmm. and uh it's actually a lovely safe place to be in a graveyard you know it's Mm -hmm. it's nice it's quiet and oh yeah especially if you've ever been to any of the graveyards in the the uk because i mean they the architecture and some of the so some of cool. the artistry on on the headstones and the tombs and things is just gorgeous. I could spend hours in Tina,
2: there. Tina's a, an absolute like you know when we go somewhere traveling, she likes to see if there's a cool old graveyard nearby and and uh, we went to Boston, of course, there's Poets' Row where you see all of the the famous writers headstones and things like that. It's just so cool, such a cool. A cool time. Yeah, yeah. we get we yeah. get this book for uh, Tristan, but both Tina and I read it as well and loved it.
7: Didn't, mm-hmm. do the, oh, yeah. didn't
2: do the audio, although now the audio just sounds like it'd be so much fun. Yeah.
7: Oh, it's great. Ch- Chuck and I specifically got it when we were driving down to Florida. We had about an eight hour drive, and it was like, the- perfect. We'll listen to the Graveyard Book. And, yeah. you know, so we're driving. It's night and it's pouring down rain, and we're listening to <sighs> Neil Gaiman read us the Graveyard Book. It was great. It was
4: <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> it
7: was,
2: cool. It's, it's really fun. Nice yeah. And it relaxing. looks like it's on sale right now on Amazon for ninety nine. So, like the cheapest. Uh, really? That's cheap. So get it? Yeah. Normally eight ninety nine, but on sale now for buck ninety nine. I assume that's on, uh, the that's Kindle. the Kindle version, right? Yeah. That's the Kindle version. Yeah. I don't know if it's yes. the only Neil or if it's the um, if it's the let's see here if it's the one with multiple narrators. Uh, it is the one with
1: uh, oh geez, even the paperback's only nine bucks.
4: Hmm.
1: Yeah. That's a real good deal.
2: Um, yeah. I didn't. Know I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you how much it is on Audible because the voices. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't
7: tell you how much it is on Audible because I have Audible and so it just says one credit. You yeah. know, so it doesn't yeah. tell me how much it
1: costs. <laughs> it's it's worth one right. space credit. Congratulations. Uh, by right. the way, uh, right. it looks like the forwards from Margaret Margaret Atwood. Does she? You get all dystopic and go ah the plight <laughs> of the woman and all that. <laughs> Wonder how that goes. Oh,
7: you know, she like everybody else talks about how wonderful and charming. Uh, Neil Gaiman is, and and how great his writing is, and yeah, all of that. So, He's an
1: international treasure, um, really. We, oh, you
7: know, for sure, yeah. for sure. So I've been waiting for this one. I'm like, I can't do the graveyard, but I have to save it for October. So now it's uh, October.
1: You've and done so- it. You finally spilled the beans. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. Yes, well done. Uh, well, there you so- have it, everybody. Very exciting. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this up on my Kindle for two bucks. Are you kidding?
2: This is yeah. a stupid stupid <laughs> yeah. cheap. It's, it's a good read. It's a fun. It is. Fun it's story. super yeah. super
7: quick and it's very engaging story and and it's 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 wonderful. It's it's a great little escape. It's a lovely little fictional escape.
1: It's so weird that I so, want that new? Uh, I want that new Kindle they announced that lets you you can kind of use oh, it as a drawing right tablet. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's it called? The Oasis or something? I forgot the name. Hmm. But,
7: um, th- I love my Paperwhite. I've had it forever and it still works and it's. It's great, yeah, I, they
1: when they're good, those Kindles are some of the coolest devices. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. Once in
4: a and while I love you'll get having one that's the whisper garbage,
7: sync but. where I I'll can listen to it. the audio sometime and like and then it knows where I was, yeah, um, and like so it'll catch my it'll catch my regular reading Kindle up to where it read me in the audiobook.
1: I love that. yeah, that syncing so. stuff is I don't even know how they do it, but it's super rad. <laughs> love it.
7: Yeah. It's very cool. Have you guys, have you? Have either of you guys read, I'm going to start bugging y'all about this. Mainly Brian, because I know Scott, your answer is going to be no, but Brian, (laughs) did you, did you pick up Thief of Time? Did you read it?
2: Oh, no, no, not yet. No.
1: I picked it up, but I haven't read it, but I did buy it. Cool. Uh, Okay.
7: Well, I'm just going to start asking y'all because I'm excited. I'm always excited to get new people into, especially anything Discworld, And you know, I know you guys have read Neil Gaiman. So,
4: yeah.
7: uh, but like, I'm always really excited when I introduce new people into that new world. I'm and glad you did it just-
1: because a lot of people would never know. Like this is book. What is it? Book 25 or six or something. It's like some book in this Discworld series. It's some huge number. It's like way down the line. How would anyone mm-hmm. ever know to, mm-hmm. to jump to 26 or whatever it is if without you.
2: Right.
4: So yeah,
1: it's so, yeah. true. We owe you a, a, a great debt of gratitude.
4: <laughs> Aww.
1: Yeah. The kingdom owes you a great debt, as I say on House of the Dragon. Uh, excellent. Excellent is right. Well, uh, it's always good having you on, Amy. Um, I hope your the rest of your Halloween month is uh, full of thrills and chills. And, uh, <laughs> and that we'll get to do this again next week when you'll bring yet another book to us. How's that I sound?
7: will. I will indeed. Thanks, so, guys.
1: Bye now. Thanks. A little crunchy microphone. It's fine, though. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Once in a while it's we funny have that. how I
2: think over the course of the segment, she she was sitting away, and yep. <laughs> she just got right back close, and then on it again. Yeah, she's
1: right up on it, and it's okay. Yeah. We're okay totally with fine. it. Totally
2: fine. Totally fine. We no know. No
1: complaints here. We, we get right. excited
2: about this stuff, too.
1: That is absolutely true. All right, we do have some time for news, and I'm going to go ahead and kick it off with this. I
2: don't watch the news.
1: Well, you should watch the news, because it's brought to you by...
2: Coverville, where today we're going to be uh, focusing on Motley Crue. Why? Well, because uh, inexperienced film buff Tommy Lee is celebrating his 60th birthday this week, and so (laughs) it's time to uh you like that That just insane
1: uh, to me that he's gonna be 60 that i can't even deal with it isn't that that crazy yeah
2: Yeah, so uh uh so covers of things like kickstart my heart dr feel good uh shout at the devil too young to fall in love girls 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 of course all that stuff and more today at 1 p.m mountain time twitch.tv slash coverville you're
1: gonna have a smoking in the boys room is that in there
2: um, it's not, only because that's a Brownsville Station song that they covered. Oh. And I've played their cover of it on the show before.
1: Once again, yeah. Scott doesn't understand how music works. Someone did a cover
2: <laughs> of a thing. I would never knew that. Never. Yeah, they did such a great version of that song that it became, you know, forever associated with them, but they're not the first to do it.
1: Well, I don't know. That's it's quite a much, an accomplishment. It's a much
2: older, like, 60s era song.
1: Everyone, Every time somebody does, you know, something like that, like the Tainted Love cover and yeah. or whatever... Yeah. Uh, and that's another one I didn't know until Brian told me. Mm-hmm. Um, they become such the de facto version of that song. They're that, iconic,
2: yeah. And 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 you know when you're somebody like uh, Joe Cocker and you do that, get by with a little help from my friends, or just with a little help from my friends. Um, that then becomes a new um, keyframe, and people start covering that version as opposed to covering the original Beatles version for example. That's
1: insane. And I'm going to, you're yeah. always the guy I'll go to, you know, cause you know this yeah, stuff.
2: Sure, sure, sure.
1: Did you know, Oh, you know what? Here's, I found this link. So I, you know, I was telling you the other day that the, apparently the concerts are very bad right now. Vince Neil is like incoherent. Mm. Uh, people want their money back. Like it's Motley crew concerts, not a good time. Yeah. He's people. not
2: looking. Yeah. He's not looking healthy. That, that guy.
1: So here's what he's, I want to play what he sounds like a little bit. Okay. Right, so here you go. Oops, I'm going to turn this up. Please take your seats. All right. Just... Hold on.
2: Right, yeah, here it is. All right, little Dr. Feelgood. Wait,
1: sing. Oh, yeah. Is he not actually singing?
3: Hold on. Close your
2: it's just a lot
1: of hey, rah, rah,
3: rah, rah.
2: it sounds like it sounds like somebody when they superimpose what it looks like the uh, lip reading bad yeah, lip reading yeah it does he's just doing scat up there that's amazing yeah. <laughs> exactly oh uh, it's really Aww, bad Vince Neal, what happened man what well happened?
1: time drugs time drugs and yeah and alcohol
2: probably hard living
1: Had a lot of hard living um alright look at this here uh there's some a new study just came to light. This is an exciting one. Um, okay. And all I right. don't think it's true at all because you're you're a shining example of the opposite of this, but it says uh, according to the study, dudes only play extreme metal to impress other dudes according to a study. <laughs> all right? So extreme okay. metal. I don't right. I just feel like Brian doesn't do this, but as as Mike Go to music guy. Well, no, it's not guy, saying
2: that every dude plays extreme metal to impress other dudes. It's dudes who play extreme metal only do it to impress other dudes
1: oh see okay that's interesting
2: (laughs) i love that this is from a site metalinjection.net
1: yeah oh my god like yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) they like to cover the metal stories you know i guess
2: so yeah wow
1: research shows that heterosexual men who learn to play extreme metal guitar are most mostly motivated to do so in order to impress other heterosexual men Hmm. Uh, this is a tweet sent out by the quite interesting twitter page Uh, This, of course, sparked tons of discussion, ranging from the unexpected criticism of No, I Don't Shut Up to people poking fun at the idea. But most importantly, where the hell did this idea come from? Well, it turns out there's a study called Extreme Metal Guitar Skill, a case for male-to-male status-seeking, mate attraction, or byproduct. That's a question they're asking.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the name of the the study itself. Yeah,
1: authored by Tara Deleuze, 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 something? Deleuze. Deleuze. (laughs) Deleuze. I think you're Jerry right. Delauche. Yeah, there you go. What would you like or get no this coffee? This next one.
2: Oh, I want you to get this next one too. Okay,
1: here we go. She's in. Oh, she's at Oakland University, and then it's working with Farid Pazuhi. Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. Of the University of British Columbia. Anis- that was one of my
2: favorite uh, <laughs> NES games, by the way. Was uh, Farid Pazuhi? We <laughs> had that uh, bird sidekick, and uh,
1: yeah, Farid Paz- Pazuhi. What a good time. It inspired a whole generation of platformers. It, it really, really
2: did. Totally did, yeah. Uh, Anna Salzla. S- S- Salah? Probably Salah. Zala. I think it's just Zala. Zala. It's one of those um, yeah Eastern European names where the S and the Z are um, differentiated from as just a standard S sound. Oh, there you go. Oakland could University be, also. If she's yeah. Hungarian, could be Shala. Oh, yeah. See, the
1: Hungarian connection. Yeah, Czechoslovakian, Zala. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Copernicus of the University of Torin and Todd K. Shackleford. I can say his name. Yeah. Uh, from Oakland University. Anyway, according to the study, music is believed to have two functions as a vehicle for sexual selection, hmm. or because the human brain is so complex, we can actually make music. Uh, through the author's, uh, or as, not or.
2: <laughs> I only play, I write the songs by Barry Manilow to select which sexual partners won't have sex with That's me. That's
1: right. That's how you eliminate those who don't want That's to be exactly
2: there. That's exactly right,
1: yes. Through uh, See, though the author argues uh, that because extreme metal is so heavy male-leaning... And by the way, I'm not quite sure what he means is extreme. Probably screamo type stuff. Probably, I don't know.
2: Yeah, extreme metal. I think like uh, speed metal. thrash, speed metal, thrash, Metallica, Megadeth, yeah. Anthrax, that sort of thing.
1: Wonder if for those guys if Metallica is too melodic. I remember there's a lot of complaining when um, uh, what's their names? Down with the sickness took off. Uh, Disturbed. Uh, Disturbed. Yeah, they took off, yeah. got real big, and I was I really liked them, still do, I and yeah. people were like, they're not real metal, and I'd say why. And they'd say mm-hmm. there's too much melody in their music. Yeah,
2: I know. Which is the worst argument ever. It's like, no, that's actually kind of makes them listenable.
1: Yeah, I kind of. That's why. That's why I like Five Finger Death Punch. That's why I like, um, you know, these kinds of bands because they're actually oh. making music. You know.
2: So Darth Swifty says, uh, "Cradle of Filth, Dimmu Borgir, or Borgir. Uh, these are these are extreme metal. Okay, they're not just talking about Gary Sharon's band, right? <laughs> extreme. metal? No,
1: probably just not extreme. Yeah, and then not the, extreme. the okay. material is cars made of. No, they're not talking about that. Gotcha. Uh, says, however, or no, sorry, sorry. Okay, okay. Authors argue that extreme metal is heavily male leaning. Quote: It is unlikely that extreme metal musicians are primarily trying to increase their mating success through their music. Unquote.
2: <laughs> Probably not. Yeah.
1: Probably not. Says, however, musicians increase in this-
2: their mating success. Oh my God, <laughs> that's just so clinical.
1: Like- I know, right? You know, everyone says sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but we say uh, coitus, uh, (laughs) uh, amphetamines, amphetamines and uh, and, uh, this, whatever we said, mating uh, possibilities. Mating. yeah.
2: Uh,
1: It says, this raises the question, oh, no, no, wait. However, musicians in this genre heavily invest their time in building technical skills, i.e. dexterity, coordination, timing which raises the question sure. on the purpose behind this costly investment. It could be that men engage in this genre mainly for uh, status-seeking purposes to intimidate other males with their technical
2: skills and speed and thus gain social status. I I would argue that um, technical skills like dexterity, coordination, and timing are probably very useful in mating. <laughs> I mean, look, if I had a
1: little more dexterity and timing, sure, Lord knows how many kids I'd have. Yeah, right. Cardi, you like that? You like that? <laughs> She's in the chat today. Unfortunately, she
2: just hung. She just disconnects. Said, "Okay, I'm done listening to uh, this uh, this episode. Thanks, Dad. I mean, you,
1: you can hardly blame her. Anyway, yeah. that's an interesting study. If you want to read it, it's already really
2: good with my fingers. <laughs> that's right. I'm really dexterous, dexterous. Wait, <laughs> oh, yeah, he said it. dexterous.
1: Mm. Uh, I just did that. By the way, what Brian just did and what I just did, that was better than what we heard from Vince Neil a minute ago.
2: Yeah, it kind of was. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Vince.
1: Feel bad. The rest of them seem fine. Mick Mars looks like he's about to die, but he's there. He's doing what what he's got to do. Uh,
2: Carter said, I wish I could express in chat how how much I just rolled my, how hard I rolled my (laughs) eyes just now.
1: (laughs) Don't worry. She'll tell me all about it later. She's leaving soon. She's out of here in like,
2: Oh, for Iceland, right? 20 days, right?
1: Iceland, yeah, for two months. To the
2: land of Bjork.
1: Yep, all Bjork all the time. She's got all that's these right. cool... We got some listener who hooked her up with a bunch of cool meetings. I'm so excited for her. Well, Just cool. Me talking about this makes her nervous. Is Bjork
2: going to be, be at those meetings? Because I would assume so. Assume I think she's Bjork moderating everything. So does she's everything, she's everything there. Like, she's... Yeah, the, 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 she'll the, sit down and the, the guy Burger will go... King, uh, the Burger King. The guy
1: will go, so I hear you're interested in working in the games industry. And Bork, Bjork will turn to her and go...
2: I hear you want to join the games industry.
1: Check me out in the Northman, she'll say as she leaves. <laughs> anyway, here's a new one. Here's a here's a story.
2: <laughs> kind of like my Adam Sandler. You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. it's a
1: little Adam sandler It's okay, though. I watched the I watched that Chris Farley documentary uh, a couple days ago just for fun. I yeah. didn't do it as a Oh, record. that
2: one with his brother, the big focus on his brother
1: yeah his brother yeah. does a bunch of stand up in it yeah. and then yeah. later you hear from like all the you know Mike Myers and everybody who worked with him uh-huh. it's it's quite good I recommend it but uh, it is really good yeah it was sad but also I always like hearing Adam Sandler just talk like a normal guy something about that <laughs> I don't know something about it makes me yeah. feel good can't explain it
2: Yeah, I mean as much as he can yeah, as much as he's still possible has the, the Brooklyn thing in there but yeah, you can The Brooklyn thing.
1: There was a really good doc, but it made me really sad. I felt bad. The guy was mm-hmm. brilliant. Oh, my gosh.
2: He really was, yeah.
1: Yeah. Just too much drugs, too much alcohol. Stop it. <sighs> so such a bummer. Uh, and only 33. That just seems insane
2: to me. Mm-hmm. God. Can you imagine the the continuation the movies that we would have had with him and Spade if, if things had, uh, if he'd had a cleaner lifestyle?
1: Yeah. And I wonder if he'd still, like, he'd be in the, he'd be, what, close to 60 now?
2: Mm-hmm we'll still be doing the physical comedy, I'm sure.
1: I hope so. That's mm-hmm. what you hope. He was a big fella. Yeah. Who knows how things would have gone.
2: Anyway, new evidence
1: suggests the presence of an underground lake on Mars. Oh, gosh. Dang. Where's Bobby? Bobby, check this out, buddy.
2: Wow, no S- kidding.
1: All the science correspondents, listen up. There may be a lake buried beneath the ice on the south pole of Mars. This is according to another new study. Scientists found hints of the lake uh, existing back in 2018, but new evidence further supports their hypothesis. Wow, The lake uh, could be as large as 18 miles across and likely remains liquid due to geothermal heating. This is according to the Times, or Time, rather, Time Magazine. Study uh, findings were published in the Journal of Nature Astronomy. Uh, Water has been found on Mars before, but largely in the form of ice, so a liquid water source is a major revelation. Uh, They figured this out by analyzing 2018 findings from the European Space Agency's Mars Express spacecraft radar device. It's a mouthful. I'm uh, let's see. In 2018, radar surrounding uh, or soundings conducted in the area of Mars known as the Ultima Scopuli. I don't like that name.
2: Ultima scopuli.
1: I don't like it. Uh, suggested a large area of water under the ice, but these results were not uh, enough to confirm the presence of the lake, as a number of other factors could be contributing to the false readings. Anyway, based on computer modeling, they think they figured it out. There's a big old lake in there. Get ready to get your vacation home on
2: i'm just wondering if uh you know whatever whichever discovery or rover whatever the the uh the the vehicle that we put on mars which i guess is a rover Mm -hmm. uh if it starts digging and then it finally just releases this monster that somebody finally said oh i think we can finally trap this thing in the lake under the (laughs) under the surface (laughs) Yeah, I don't as long know. as nobody digs a hole to release this thing, we'll be fine. And then all of a sudden this thing's like...
1: Oh man, it's yeah. too bad that they didn't figure out in the Martian how to tap that and then he could have watered his his, pota- watered his potatoes. potatoes. Yeah, his yeah, shit potatoes exactly. didn't need him to pee on them or whatever he did to get them no,
2: wet. No, no, exactly. Yeah, urinate. Oh, that's so cool, man. I just...
1: It is cool, right?
2: Yeah, I the want there to be awesome. water on, like a lake on Mars, just so damn cool.
1: I want to find out under there, because there's a lake and therefore possibly other life giving Mm -hmm. sources of Mm -hmm. things that there are never people living on Mars. They're living in Mars, you know,
2: (laughs) get your ass in Mars. Yeah.
1: Get your ass in Mars. I want to know, I want to know if they're all like walking around like chud in there, like what's going on.
2: Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like the chud,
2: the chud it's right there. The U underground right there.
1: Chud. Yeah. But unfortunately the C means cannibalistic. So we're screwed. Yeah.
2: Well, they're going to try and eat our Rover. That's right. Uh,
1: check it out y'all it's time for a break we're gonna do one of those and when we come back my sister wendy will be here we got a uh, question an email from a listener so that'll be fun but it'll be after this break uh so brian play the break
2: Sure. Well, uh, this band called The Standstills are releasing a brand new album due November 4th. Big thanks to MNRK Music Group and The Syndicate. Uh, They're going to be starting off a Canadian arena tour with Three Days Grace, uh, also in Vancouver on November 8th. So it gets your chance to see them. Um, They're releasing a uh, first single from this thing. And wait till you hear who's joining uh, joining them on this song. So The Standstills and the eagles of death metal who only are doing this to impress other dudes uh <laughs> stand and eagles of death metal with a song Motherload. <laughs> missile knows where it is at all times it knows this because it knows where it isn't by subtracting where it is from where it isn't or where it isn't from where it is to a position where it isn't and arriving at a position where it wasn't it now is oh yeah
5: say one word about this hat and i'm out of here this is the morning stream
1: And we've returned. Um, I'm pretty sure I already forgot who that was. Cause, could you remind oh, me? I'll,
2: I'll remind you because it was such a long time ago. Yeah, the Standstill's brand new song called Motherload, featuring the Eagles of Death Metal. Eagles. Check out their brand new album called Shockwave, which comes out in about a month, November 4th. Uh, anything else going on November 4th? I can't think of anything. No. Uh, check it out, the Standstill's and Motherload. Nothing else happened that day. <laughs> or no I will be what is the fourth? that week what's going on uh, it's, fourth? it's really just a friday i'm thinking like election day which will be on the first is that That's right oh TV? right we got midterms man got midterms everybody oh get God. out there is the yeah are the uh the the commercials just in full swing where you're at oh we yeah big time watch
1: local tv though do you yeah i don't but i still get the texts and the they show up in web stuff all the time local stuff i ended up with yeah. um so there's a big fight here and they're kind of neck and neck right now between Senator current sitting Senator Mike Lee, which nobody likes. We all hate him. He sucks. Uh, the reason he stays most of the time is because people just vote Republican and they don't pay any attention and don't actually care. They just vote ticket. But Mike Lee is a, is a, is a literal piece of shit. And, um, he's, he's, you know, Mitt Romney's fine, but, Mike Lee needs to freaking go. So this guy, Evan McMullen, is running, who, uh, is a former Republican, now independent. He ran for president in 2016. Wait, 2016. Yeah. I think that's what, I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to challenge Trump. Cause he was super upset about that. Nothing. Of course, nothing ever came of it, but, um, he's got a real chance to beat Mike Lee and become a new Senator. And I'm all for it. I'll take McMullen any day ex-CIA cool dude total family guy nice guy uh, from all accounts seems like he actually gives a shit and send Mike Lee packing dude he sucks (laughs) national disgrace Mike Lee leave all right nice nice Hey, uh, if I
2: disappear off screen anytime during uh, Wendy's segment, don't worry. I've got audio on, and I'm just I'm just stepping out of frame to uh, fix a, a move, basically something from a 3D printer that has to get done this morning.
1: Oh, did something get tangly? Something, it's not broken.
2: No, no, no. I have a I have an order that has to go out today, and I, if I don't oh. uh, move it from the printer to the washer to the curer, yeah. Uh, so it'll just be like a minute gone out of frame. Oh, you're
1: all good. no worries
4: knows
1: Hey, Wendy's here. How do I know? Because she, oh, she updated her, your, your avatar, Wendy in. Uh, oh, I did. Discord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, look
2: at that. Yeah. Is
1: that the salt flats? I don't know what uh, that is. No,
9: that's Peter on a frozen lake in Sweden. Oh, oh cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Borka, borka. It's like salt flats though. Good, yeah, good it's a little
1: salt flatty. Hey, uh, do you. You're. I don't know if you're following any midtermy things, but uh, we might get rid of Mike Lee out here. We're pretty excited.
9: You know, could for the love of all that's holy, could you do that? Yeah.
1: Jeez, that dude. That dude sucks. No one sucks. even even people who like, like him, that. even people who vote for him, don't like him. It, but people are so no. stupid up and down the ticket that they don't care. But he's yeah. the worst. He's the worst. You
9: know. You know his dad was Rex Lee and. There, there's a little halo effect because people loved that guy he was real nice they you know had a 5k run for
4: him mm-hmm. like you know sure.
9: he was he was kind of the old school version of a conservative and but like there was a little love there and I it's run out right can mm. we be done now
1: mm-hmm. yeah Rex <laughs> like, e lee was that the guy I think that's yeah. him uh let's see he was a u.s solicitor general from 81 to 85. Yeah, I remember this whole thing. Uh, argued 59 cases before the U.S. Supreme Court. He was kind of a big deal. Mike Lee strikes me as a dude who's like, Hey, Dad, what what do you do for... I want to do what you're doing. Like, if just one of those guys. <laughs> Just an ass. Uh, yep,
4: mm-hmm.
9: freaking hate him. So we're done, right? Please come on. And yeah, can we? Yes. Let's do done. it.
1: We'll do it. I think he's got a chance. So right now they're neck and neck, and and Mike Lee is like on fire with the negative ads for uh, against McMullen. But I think McMullen's going to win. And if we had an independent, elected, independent freaking uh, senator in Utah, that's cr- that's crazy talk. It's crazy, they're
9: amazing. But it tells you how bad. Like yeah. our, the guy running for governor here for the. Republicans, yeah. oh my gosh, you guys! I feel like I should do an intervention. Like <laughs> he straight up is saying that the schools need you know all sorts of change because furries have litter boxes and all. Oh, the schools. he
1: believes that thing. you know what a fat lie that is? I hate this that is one.
9: Grown man with a with a medical degree, but he's just he's not. Yeah, either he's that, or he's
1: saying that. stuff because he knows he's playing to this base that believes anything they Maybe. freaking hear
4: what Maybe. happened
1: dude you know what go wake up here i'm sorry to get political everybody but i wish i could go to the grave of ronald reagan i wake him out of a stupor and and he won't have old timers anymore you just wake him up and you yeah, pull him out won't of the be grave
9: dissolved either No, he won't
1: be all dead <laughs> he's just in a stupor perhaps. yeah he's just in a stupor you pull him, just reagan just out and go and go hey reagan what do you think of this phrase pro-putin republican and he would just shit himself he would just shit himself in his grave and that'd be the end of it. Anyway, whatever. Uh, hey, Wendy, let's get into it. Um, we're going to read yeah. an email. How are Wendy, you guys
9: doing? Okay. Doing great.
1: Doing great. Oh, we have, there's, you have a new uh, niece uh, or bib uh, grandniece.
9: I know. It's so Yay. cute. Little Phoebe. Yeah. I can't stop saying Phoebe Cates. I know that's not her name, but no. that's what I
1: said. No, not not Phoebe Cates, known for her topless acting in the uh, Streets of Rage. No, what was the game? Fast
2: <laughs> Times of Rage. Fast Times of Rage. Right. You know, Streets of Rage, the famous <laughs> Streets movie. Streets of Rage, the comic for the video game where yeah, exactly. it got topless. The <laughs> old
1: Genesis game. Um so no way. Sorry uh, about that. She's uh, everyone else has friends, so don't feel bad. It's all good. Everyone everyone has their own origin for Phoebe, and all I know is she's really cute and I can't wait till I get to spend more time with her. Anyway. Uh, congrats, Let's move to this email. Grandpa. Wendy Wendy thank you. A uh, grand aunt, I guess you are. In this
9: yeah, case. I'm super grand aunt. Yep,
1: your grand aunt. Uh <laughs> It'll be no time for Abraham brings home a little one, though. You know that, No, right?
9: don't even say that. He can barely, like, honestly, he has had a cold, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to teach you how to handle life yeah. with a cold. Yeah. It's not going well.
1: No? Really? <laughs> well, see, so men So you are- cannot
9: care for another human, so no. no
1: men are no, wusses no. when it comes to colds, I've learned. Jeez. I know I am.
9: We will... We're going to break that tradition of man-cold in this house, and it's not going well.
1: All right. Well, good luck with that. Uh, so Wendy's an actual therapist, everybody. She comes on the show on Thursdays, helps people out with their problems because, uh, you know, we're just nice like that. And um, today, we got an email to read from somebody called Anxious in Austin. We're not going to use their real name. And they say this, hey, whiskey, scooch, and beer. So I did the game. Wendy suggested the what would I what would I never say at the dinner table the other night. My wife said... Quote, I've saved up a ton of money and we're taking a two-week vacation because I don't save money and I hate vacations. Uh, I'm a workaholic-only child who came from two workaholic parents. Uh, parents Warp-level FOO-engage. I'm not sure what that means, but he wrote that. Uh, I've been F-O-O. recently... Oh. Yeah, FOO
9: you... is family of origin.
1: Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, Warp-level yeah. family of origin-engage.
9: Yeah, like your foo issues. It's like... Oh, here's my oh, few issues. Okay, okay,
1: wait. So, this would be like I'm my parents are, um, uh, let's say, Korean immigrants, and they scraped, worked eight jobs and scraped together and built a, a restaurant. And then they just, you know, did everything they could. And we got to go to college because of their work. But now I'm expected to be as good as them. Is that what that means? F O. Well,
4: that,
9: that could mean that in every single which way. And here's what I love Foo is like it's a clinical reference of like your family of origin. Yeah. And just, Write your family now and then your family of origin. And there's different things, of course, that arise from your gotcha. family of origin. Okay. But I like that they add a Star Trek reference to it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is a great combo of worlds colliding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Nerd meets things you've heard before. Anyway, yeah. says, so I've been uh, recently diagnosed bipolar and I've gotten on meds and it's better. My manic phase was mostly rage. Oh, geez. Uh, but I get straight up euphoric while I'm working or while I'm working and I always have. I don't like vacations, and I realize I've stolen many great experiences from my family because of it, but I just don't. I like traveling and active vacations, particularly foreign countries, but my family just wants the get away from it all in a cabin for a week in the U.S., and I climb the walls after two days. For years, I got, considerably, considerably, uh, got considerable anxiety before a vacation during packing and actual traveling. I can relate to this. I feel that stuff. Uh, the dis- disruption of routine was crippling for me, and the lack of that feel-good from working, from, uh, from working was the double whammy. I just could not enjoy it. I've even uh, had nearly f- a few state incidents after being stuck in a car for more than eight hours with my family. Um, let's see, hypercritical, yelling, screaming, driving erratically, picking fights over nothing, etc. I've tried being really curious about all of the above in Wendy's words, But the recent mental health diagnosis is tough to discern how much is the bipolar and how much of it is just I hate vacations. Help signed Anxious in Austin. Um, So, yeah, I relate to this a little bit. I always feel this way before I go on any trip of any kind, even ones I'm really looking forward to. I feel like the disruption in routine really messes around with my like emotional buttons and I hate it. So this may Uh help some others out there who who feel that way about that sort of thing. Uh, What do you want to do to help? anxious in austin here
9: yeah uh okay so yeah i mean bipolar could explain definitely some of the rage and you know the quickness to be destabilized emotionally right like um you know i think often we'll, we'll think of bipolar as someone i mean we we always ruin things by using them colloquially colloquially you know, that word. and it's (laughs) it's like you have bipolar because you just suddenly were sad or Mm. you know like it's it gets thrown around quite a bit um and there's lots of versions of experiencing this some people can have technical bipolar with only experiencing um sort of mild mild manic symptoms um they just have to have one of those to get that designation so it it's all over the map but um, I think the rage piece, it's helpful to understand in context with bipolar. Um, so that makes some sense. But I am suspicious that the foo is actually more relevant than... Um, and this is, this is a guess, right? I haven't met this person. Sure. Um, but you're... First of all, you're euphoric working. Yeah. I mean, straight up euphoric while working. Yeah. Okay, if anyone is euphoric while doing anything... They're going to want to do it a lot define,
1: more. Define euphoric. What, is, what do we mean when we say that? Like, well, just the ultimate and like, oh my gosh, I'm in, mean, this is a blissful experience every, every second
9: yeah,
2: of the Every it. Yeah, firing all soldiers, pleasure-wise. Like,
9: yeah, flow, you're just nailing it. You know, that feeling of killing it, it's yeah. that. And it's, you know, that's not something usually people experience all the time while doing something. But the fact that um, a friend here is feeling it while working. So you you think of what happens. So... You're going to go on vacation. You're going to stop the thing that makes you feel euphoric.
4: Mm-hmm.
9: And you're going to sit in a car <laughs> and do drive for eight hours while people are hungry and have to stop to pee. And, you know, yeah. it's just, it's not where <laughs> you thrive. Mm-hmm. And so that contrast seems like a really obvious one. So the, the the food question or the family of origin question that I would be interested in and want him to get some curiosity around um is... What? what? Well, okay. How I would start this? Let me let me just phrase a couple questions and, okay. and see if this is is helpful. Because um, I have actually worked with a client, very similar thing. Not the euphoric when working, but just maybe feeling more control when working, right? Yeah. And what happens on vacation is nothing is in that person's control—the mm-hmm. the place, the sleeping, the, all the things that have left the control. So I start with asking questions about. Um, hey, tell me about vacations when you were a kid, right? Yeah. And you start to go um, down to, like, what was it actually like? So, for example, I'm a workaholic-only child who came from two workaholic parents. Yeah. My guess is vacations were rare or work-based anyway. You know, our vacation was to go help clean a farm up (laughs) or something, you know? Like, it had... Something that, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know how to relax. He doesn't know how to follow someone else's agenda. He, this has not been modeled to him. Yeah. So it could be, yeah, that's the only family of origin issue. It could also be, and this is, I've discovered with a couple of people when you go down this road of tell me about those vacations and finding out that their father was angry the whole time. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of a Jim Gaffigan bit about why all dads seem mad all the time.
4: Yeah.
9: Is there, <laughs> standing in Disneyland, sweating and spending money, gaining weight while eating crappy, no, while sweating to death or something. Like, right, it's right. just funny, right? Right. And it's because it sucks to be the adult paying for everything and making sure everyone else is happy. And so what was your experience as a kid? What was... And modeling is, is powerful, right? It's what you watched. It's what you felt. So it was dad mad the whole time? If you never went on vacations... Um, you know, what, what version of like a Sunday drive did you have? What breaks look like? And just ask yourself some questions about what did I see? Hmm. What was the feeling of those those times, you know? So this person I'm thinking of um, shared just this idea about their dad traveling is everything would get started and packed and they'd be ready to get in the car and dad would have a meltdown. Yeah. And the entire thing would be canceled. And so they'd never even left the house. They'd always just sitting there as kids on their on their suitcases, and mom's trying to make it better, and dad's refusing to go. And then suddenly there is no vacation. It's so you back take
2: in the house, yeah.
9: yeah. So you take that experience as a young person that really imprints on you some weird stuff about vacationing, even though you are not really conscious of it as an adult. Maybe you're just like, yeah, I just don't like this or, or, or this, or I don't know. I'd rather be in my own bed. And so that would be my some questions I would get, start digging down into the foo thing. is like, what is your actual experience? Um, and you know, as an only child, maybe there's not someone to commiserate with or to check facts with that can be tricky. Like, Hey, do you remember this? Um, so a lot of us will forget a lot of different things. And so this may take a little effort and introspection here of like, okay, what was it like? What was I feeling? Um, and then that curiosity there leads to, what the brain likes to do is open up and give you some memories or some mm-hmm. thoughts or, oh yeah, I do remember that. Or, you know, those kinds of things that usually we're just ignoring and hating the vacation and going to work and feeling good. And so we're, we're, we're not getting curious about, we're not getting specific to then be curious about it. So this general be, be curious is a, is a great piece of advice I've given many times, but it, in a lot of cases we have to get, down a certain road to get curious about the right thing. So I'd like Austin, what is it? Anxious in Austin to, um, you know, go down the what did my family do for fun mm. and scrape it together. If you think nothing, we just worked. Okay. But people also slept and ate food and maybe you <laughs> didn't work 24 seven. So find those spaces. See if you can bring yourself to remember some of those. And then that's where to start to get curious, like not critical. It's the opposite of of critical, right? It's, mm-hmm. huh? What was it like? Maybe jot some things down, see what comes to you. Give it some time to think it through, um, because that reactivity on a vacation comes from somewhere. Mm. If it's bipolar, does not choose to only show up on a vacation or not. It it shows up whenever the hell it wants. <laughs> <That's how> it
4: <laughs> like. right. and,
9: and you it, can, you know, yeah. make it worse, and 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 obviously not sleeping or eating well, and you could trigger different episodes different ways. So I'm not saying it's. it's I was actually totally re- that difficult. was
1: going to be my question. Are, I mean, it's maybe this is a whole different subject, but if you got a, a you know, diagnosable bipolar condition, and and there are mm-hmm. going to be variations, right? No one's it's not everybody's getting the same version. Like anything, yeah. it's like, yeah, just yeah. it's hard hard to explain what and, I'm trying to and say.
9: And medication but, is really your best friend. Yeah, and complying is the hardest thing anyone ever has to fight with, uh, with bipolar, because once you feel normalized in terms of mood management, it's, you think you're fine. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's really tempting to quit, especially if you don't want to be on medication in the first place. Um, and I, I've known many people who just really love the manic and it's really hard to give up. Yeah. Um, but manic rage, uh, maybe that's easier to want to give up because it's, you know, other people in your family are not happy about that. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it varies. But I mean, I that is going to be really important to treat that and you know learn skills around that. Um, this is like a side gig that I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> is, is getting curious about your travel because obviously he brought it up, right? Right. So, so you would get curious about what did you see and and really even more than um, like some story of something. It's like the feeling of whatever that felt like, right? Kids are really perceptive about, they may not have language for stuff, but they feel it and they sense a shift and they know things aren't okay or something scary. You know, we're just humans. That's how we, we pick up on each other's cues. And so there was cue picking up like work matters. Work is important. Um, and so here's this person who's got a family who's demanding some attention. Yeah and taking him away from something that feels euphoric. That's the other thing I'd get curious about. Why Why work is so euphoric, and is that the only place that he experiences euphoria?
1: Yeah, does it matter which, well, maybe it does matter, but it, maybe it doesn't matter what he's doing. Like, he could be doing any kind of work. It's just the act of work, or?
9: Yeah, that, that would be a good question to find out. Is yeah. it you're at the office doing this specific thing, and that's when you feel the euphoria, or is it, we could send you out in the yard and cut down a tree would also feel it. Is it just being productive? And I'm going to make a guess about his foo is that productivity equals love Mm. and goodness or worthiness. And so when that's the case, just being you without doing something will feel like maybe unworthy or unlovable or some somehow problematic. Whereas, you know, working like crazy all the time is the way to have that feeling go away right mm, yeah so that's another thing to get curious about like what does your work um what does it do for you and yeah, if it's I- just a chemical high yeah. okay
4: yeah
9: um and that's you know understandable but most things are not just chemical highs
1: I'm sure some people are hearing this and going, man, I sure wish I was re- re- euphoric about my work 24 seven, but, mm-hmm. yeah. right. but that's, where do I get some of that? Yeah. yeah. I but would, I think that's I asking for, to be for less her.
9: euphoric on vacation. I would love that. That would save me a lot of
1: money <laughs> to, to me. That's like the little German kid saying, Oh, a whole lake made of chocolate and then falling into it and getting sucked up a tube in Willy Wonka. Like it, you don't actually want that. You don't want yeah, right. all of that. You want, you want a moderate, you want to enjoy your work but you don't want to be, like, in a euphoric state when you do your work because then that's all you're ever going to want to do. It just seems really mm-hmm. dangerous, you know?
9: Well, it's very and genetic in the social sense, right? Um, and we talked, I don't know if it was a couple of weeks ago, we talked about sort of generational trauma or generational connections to things sometimes of, um, whatever your great, great grandparents went through affected how they parented and what was modeled. And that keeps going down generations, but people sometimes have to be chain breakers because sometimes those chains are really dangerous, abusive, whatever. And then sometimes they're the most socially acceptable version of, uh, intergenerational trauma. And that is hard working. Right. And most of us are like, see, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's how you bootstrap. That's how you become a millionaire when you're 25. <laughs> you know, like we have a lot of our, a lot of stuff, uh, around that. Right. Yeah. Um, so this, this is sort of slightly related, but I'm going to go with it. Cause it popped in my brain.
4: Nothing wrong um, with
9: that. but I was telling one of my kids who is struggling with some stuff. Good night. I'm a therapist all day and all night, by the way. Mm. Anyway, um, we were talking about just a perception on certain things. And and I gave him this cultural example that's sometimes really helpful because especially if you're in an American-centric framing, um, you just think this is normal and it is not. And mm. the example is um, a researcher went to study how sort of schools worked in Japan in like the 80s or 90s and shared this experience and I thought it was a really fascinating example of just how different the framing could be. So anyway, this kid, they're all dry out, three dimensional objects. And this Mm. kid can't draw it. He's struggling. He can't like collect, connect the lines. It looks bad. And the whole class is working on it. And so the teacher comes and takes that kid and puts him up at the board to have him work on it in front of everyone. Mm. Okay. Take that in American context. What does that mean? I
4: I don't. Humiliation. Oh yeah. Parents are
9: coming knocking down that door. And it's, what do we? Who do we put up at the board usually?
2: Uh, the 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 struggling kids, the kids who are having no a hard no time that, to it.
9: show the whole ki- the show the whole the whole class how to do it. Who oh, do we oh, ask? The,
2: the the teachers' pets or the you know yeah the, the
9: kid who's yeah. awesome at it. Right. Yeah. 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 So it, in Japan, the framing is that struggle and listen, this is not a commentary on their overworking workaholism. Okay. Yeah. Um, but just the framing of what solving a problem. Or, or learning includes is that it should always, it includes struggle. And so they put the kid who's struggling in front of the class and then the class is working with him, encouraging, cheering when he gets it. Mm-hmm. Like what a different story, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
9: Versus I'm the kid who does it right and I have to go stand up and perform and get it perfect, Right. So right. I am talking about my perfectionist child in this story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and thinking, shall we move to Japan so you can learn that struggle is important? Anyway, <laughs> but just that idea of like, um, you know, what the framing is around working is unique to the culture you're in, unique to the subculture of your family. And, you know, if if we really boil all this down, and when I've, I've worked with many workaholics before. And one of the, the things I find in the end is that there is a sense of accomplishment, euphoria, control, value. And when we peel and peel and peel down, there is, there is often a very um, sort of tender center to this of just like, this is my value.
4: Mm-hmm.
9: And you can expand this out to how Americans see a lot of things, right? Who do sure. we demonize? Who do we think is amazing? Right, um, and we love it when they do it really young, right? Like, oh yeah. And no matter how amazing someone might be, if they didn't earn it, we're mad about it, right? Like there's 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 just some stuff that that culturally we all can sort of it makes sense, but then you take a very significant situation like it sounds like. So vacation is yeah. frivolous. It doesn't make him feel good. It doesn't prove he's a good person. And in fact, he reacts like a bad person.
1: It only spends money. doesn't earn money.
9: Yeah. And, and he's freaking out, right? Like he is screaming, yelling and going to turn this car around and losing all the, all the sort of family quality, loving connection stuff. And, and if anyone has this kind of outward reaction in, in moments where we're supposed to be having a good time, either the attempt to have a good time is the wrong attempt. Mm -hmm. Um, or, A lot of the times it's not actually a very comfortable situation chatting and laughing and having, you know, eight hours to bond Mm -hmm. can feel really threatening. If that is not what you're used to, it's not your love language. You don't understand why it's happening. Um, And so anytime anyone's really reactive about anything, and and this is what's powerful. You can say bipolar all day long. And medicate it and never talk about it again. Or you can find out some of what drives some of the dysregulation. Yes, there's chemical stuff for sure happening. Sure. Um, but a lot of times it's getting curious about the triggers. Why so triggered on a road trip? Why so triggered when you have to come home from work early? And and that's where the curiosity, you kind of find a few trailheads and dig in. And usually there's something at the core. Um it's hard to find by yourself because we got a lot of blocks not to look at it. Sure. Because what would that mean to disrespect my dad by being upset that he only modeled work and not connection? That means I have to face some things.
1: Right. So
9: it's Which tricky. People so don't uh, like yeah, be gentle doing. here with yourself.
1: Yeah. And also, um, I don't know, like in my case, my, I, I feel like I, it's weird. This is a bit of a revelation for me, this email, because I feel like I do this exact thing, but I don't, I'm not euphoric about work. I mean, I like doing what I do, but I'm not like, Oh man, 24 seven. This is, you know, I don't feel that way. I need a break like everybody else. And I, you know, there's going to be a time today where I'm like, finally, I'm off my computer and I'm, I'm hanging out with Kim. You know, I don't want to do this all day or whatever. Like there's that aspect but on the vacation side of things i i do often see it as like well that's a total waste of money to do this or um even our our trip on that cruise which i was excited about there was still this thing of like oh the hassle of the travel and the thing and i gotta get the the canadian passport thing signed off before i can go there you know like just all of this hassle and mess and whatever i i way fixate on that and not the like, yeah, I can just chill and sit on the deck, and you know they, they'll bring me pizza anywhere I'm, anywhere I am, or whatever. <laughs> like all the benefits of of the thing, and it's.
9: Well, were it's, you able to do that once you were there?
1: I did, but there were also still times where I would go, oh geez, when I get home, I gotta go,
2: I gotta
4: blah, blah,
1: blah. like I think about what I still had mm-hmm. to do, yeah. and uh, yeah. that got better the to, longer I was there, I, so that's good. Yes,
2: Brian, I tend to uh, notice and dread the halfway point of a vacation like when i'm like if it's a week long vacation like the middle i'm having a great time and then it's like oh no this is like the halfway point it's half over oh no and i <laughs> i tend to just dread dread that moment cuz then i start fixating on like oh there's less of my vacation in front of me than there is behind me and
1: yeah don't know i do a little I of that, that too I hate,
2: I hate that i do that
1: i did that too what? with this trip and i did it it's i did both things i was like Uh, work this, that, and then I got to the midway and went, Oh no, we're halfway. Like I felt the same, same stupid thing. And I'm guessing a lot of people have versions of this, but I really, if this exists, I admire people who can just go disconnect and go. I wish I could be more like that.
9: Well, I, I would argue that the people who can do that have done that already on a regular basis in order to then have it magically work on a vacation. And that's the problem is we actually have more enjoyment planning vacations as a general rule than not being on them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's because that anticipatory—it's the planning mode—and and this is different for different people, but for sure, yeah, they've shown this in enough studies that we are terrible predictors of actually the happiness we'll experience. And the main reason is we're not present, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, let's say you are sort of. Hyper focused at work, and you're getting a bunch of stuff done, and you're feeling flow, and it feels good. You can feel successful, and like you know, blah blah blah. And then you got to transition to something you are not killing it at, right? Like I got to go to a kid's thing and watch my kid be bad at a thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> <That> thing right? <laughs> right. And you know, and you're just like worried and annoyed, or you know, whatever you're doing. Um, and it's you're not killing it. So the next time you go back to work, and you're killing it, it feels great. So it sounds like you know he found a great job for himself, however, it's no practice anywhere else for most of us, right? So especially Americans, you know, with our average of two weeks of vacation a year when you go, i mean two weeks out of fifty two weeks is you have no practice
4: no, right, that's and that's no practice. if you're
9: lucky to have two weeks yeah. Whereas you know you love the Europeans, are like, oh, for the six weeks I am in Egypt. You're like, okay, do yeah. <laughs> you relax? Right. at week three is when they're like, oh, I guess I have to go back in three weeks, whatever. But just like we don't train for this, we don't know what we're doing. And being present is one of our, our probably a, one of our biggest challenges is to not be thinking about the past and not worried about the future. But being you know will help you us?
1: I know it'll help there. us, dude. Here's the deal: like in Europe, you talk about you know in Europe they're like, ah, oh, six weeks. I'm going to Egypt you know they don't have to they're no longer in the mode of we must colonize everywhere we go and we must take over the world one colony at a time that, yeah. and bring the king's love to everybody and all that they stopped yeah. doing that thank goodness uh the effects of which still haunt the world sometimes but you know they they stopped and part of that was them going all right we're no longer the biggest chicken in the yard we can we can relax a little you know we don't have to be so we don't have to constantly act like we're all that and then a bag of chips they can they can just relax i feel like that's a that's an evolutionary sort of on on the level of like national evolution these countries have been through it all including the rough early parts the bloody middle parts the waning latter parts and now they're just kind of like all right Let America, China, India, and them just strut around like they're the leaders of everything and we'll just sort of sit here. And I kind of want that, you know? I know that's a weird, broad thing to say, and it's probably totally not accurate, but I look forward to the day where we're just a little (laughs) less, feel like we have to be so damn competitive all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh huh. We're just always Mm -hmm. like, gosh, dang it, we must be at best at everything. And if we're not, we're going to complain that we're not. And and part of the reason we're not is because we're complaining that we're not, you know, Like all that stuff. I realize this is all over the place, but. You're hilarious. (laughs) I am (laughs)
9: literally making this face like, wait, what?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean, though? Like, I feel like. I do. I do. Like the French, the French are no longer interested in taking over anything. The French are interested in chilling out, taking a long time at lunch, having small portions and sipping on their weird little coffees. Okay,
9: you, know? you know what the French have done? Speaking of this, actually, this is tying back. You've finally found a thread I can grab. Okay, okay, do it, go. So, the French have passed a law where you cannot, it is illegal for a an employer to expect employees to respond outside of business hours. Oh, wow. Now, you can send an email and a text all day, but there is no, it is illegal to
2: Respond require them it.
9: in any way to respond well, outside. So you of can
1: that. respond, but you're not you are by law are required not required to. to okay. Yeah.
2: Gotcha. Okay.
9: Yeah. You can't but so again, let's leave it up to you, but it is illegal for your boss to then have any there's any ramifications for you not. Working right. while you So if you don't
1: answer it, they could go, ah, you're fired. Yeah. And that would actually be grounds for, you know. Yeah. And the trouble.
9: Swedes are moving towards a six-hour workday. Yeah. And I forgot where. So maybe your European theory is right.
4: Um,
1: I think it but is. Do you know
9: the origin of the eight-hour workday?
1: No. But, uh, mm. but before you jump off of that, because I do want to hear that, yeah. how do you go from... We're Vikings and we'll gut you, get you with, with all our axes and shit. And then they go, the we're going to have a six hour work day. You know what I'm saying?
9: Yeah. I'm telling you right now, Swe- Swedes love the research and the research shows you are not productive for eight hours a day. And so That's they're going to follow true. the research. You're okay. maybe productive for four, let's all be honest, but like six mm-hmm. makes them feel like they're still doing their jobs. Right. And they're, they work. This is not a country where you're, you know, everybody works. Everyone's expected to work. It's yeah. not that. Um but it's like an effective research-based thing, yeah. Um, and also, like the reality is, mental health isn't good anywhere. And so, no. you know, some of it's like having an honest look at that. Yeah. So, anyway, the origin of the eight-hour work day is railroads. <laughs>
4: really? <laughs> Did oh you know gosh. that? No, no I, didn't I didn't know that. So, like,
9: railroad <laughs> workers were working like ridiculous hours and death and so chaos. Right? Yeah. Eight
2: hours is, is equates to the live long day. Oh what! Apparently. All the live Because I've been day. working on the la- on the railroad. Yeah, live, all live, the live long day. And yeah, they were
9: overworked, hours. and they were dying in huge numbers of from accidents and different problems. And so, um, this is uh, nineteen hundred something. So that's FDR, right? I think. Anyway, but the idea was that a bill was presented. Like we we're not going to run the railroads. So the union they unionized and said we're not going to do it. You know, here's what we want. We want eight hours. Yeah. So they pass. Um, something to give them that time. And then that law was then later used by other groups to get everybody on an eight hour schedule. So we are, our entire work mentality is based on that railroad folks were getting murdered.
1: Oh, we love trains. tradition though. And we're afraid to change it. It's like, Hey, why do we have um, uh Daylight saving daylight savings? A good one. Yeah. Like why? Yeah. Why? Well, I
2: totally. Cause we've always because had, it. cause That's we've always we had, had it. it. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. I hate that hate that. Right. And I, know, I understand that that's, oh,
9: whatever. And you're not wrong about, like, a younger country needing to work pretty hard and, you know, Just build around some stuff. And it yeah. was re- those early days of, like, industrialization. It wasn't complete by any shot. And mm-hmm. so to say, oh, wait a minute, we're going to actually. And then the death rates went way down. Accidents dropped. So they, there was no turning around after that because it made a lot of sense. And that's your eight-hour workday. So the Swedes are like, suck it. That's a British accent.
2: (laughs) (laughs) really good. It's uh, the Johnsons doing uh, British accents today. uh,
9: By the way, (laughs) my whole family does this. And it's Irish, and then it's Scottish, and then it's New Zealand. It's so bad. None of it sounds good, Uh but we we all do it. Is this genetic? This must be genetic. (laughs) We're idiots. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to do that in public. Usually I just do that alone.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah, it's uh it's to me this is a fascinating thing just an issue from you know how how nations evolve because you could it's just such a difference and I think you're right about them being young hungry scrappy and needing to do you know show whatever and now when you're the big boy which just usually means financial dominance uh in a modern yeah. sense when you're yeah. that then then you're faced with all these issues these growing pains of like well but how are we ment- mentally as a group, how are we as a society? What are we treating each other like? And And you
9: have to start to answer for things like there are swaths of the population that don't have access to clean drinking water. Right. Or healthcare is.
1: Right. uh, Or there, or we have this, we have this many suicides compared to some other society. We have this many shootings or whatever, maybe
9: we're a freaking hot mess. But we're so slow to look at it. Like, I feel like they would have been that that
1: way back then. If you said to the King back in the 1600s, Ah, uh, you know this being being the biggest country in Europe's kind of a problem because of this, this, and this, and people would be resistant to that. They'd be like, "No, nah, we got this going on. Get out of court. You're now behead behead that man." You know, like that's how we were then, and now we're now we're kind of that now in a, in our own way, in our own modern way, and it's it's I don't know, it's a thing to grapple with, I guess.
9: And your snapshot of history, uh, just I mean, this is this actually, I'm tying it back to anxious in Austin. Like, it's hard to see your own place in in your family of origin or the drama that has surrounded you just like it is in history, right? Like, you know, did anyone during the whatever know they were living during that whatever? No, it was named later, right? Mm-hmm. They were just living their lives. And and I think sometimes this happens with our families. We're, we're so used to how it is. It's the water we swim in. And sometimes it's not till you have really different other experiences. And sometimes it's about going inward, right? Mm-hmm. So Um, And that's kind of what I'm getting at here is finding out what sort of things he's hanging on to in order to be okay. Mm
4: -hmm.
9: Because we run out of energy at certain points. I mean, a lot of my clientele ends up, you know, 40s and late 30s to like early 50s of just like everything's flipped on its head. And it's because everything we were doing up to that point before the midlife was, you know, grappling or managing or hiding or segment or whatever sort of tactics to survive and chase the dollar or chase the whatever ways to feel relevant and loved. And then suddenly it's not working.
4: Yeah.
9: Yeah. Well,
1: Well, I hope Anxious and Austin uh, takes this stuff to heart and um, send, you know, just send a tiny piece of your euphoria my way and then I'll just do that for a little bit. You know, like we just spread it out. It always seems like it always comes back to equilibrium, doesn't it? It's like the right balance, the right mix, the right levels because it's normal to sometimes feel in the zone for working but it's not normal to feel that 24-7. And, and if you
9: did, yeah. I mean, imagine that is what mania is, by the way. Right. That's a definition of mania. Yeah, And people lose a lot of good things in their life when they are stuck in that. So no, yeah, it's, and balance is not a thing by the way. It's, it's balancing is maybe a, is a better verb to use because of just trying to reorient and manage and shift. And that's, that is, that's why life's not easy. Do you think the entire, it doesn't ever get there.
1: Do you think the entire cast of jackass all have mania and they just have never been diagnosed? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. do too. Yeah, I believe it you know, too. I, yeah.
9: It would be fun. I would love this if someone. Um, this just popped in my head. Uh, if someone sent us something to watch and then analyze, but it can't be like 400 episodes of something. It has to be like <laughs> one Faulty Towers episode <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or right. something that right. that you just a character you find interesting. It'd be fun to to uh, analyze to because pick I think
2: and say, there's yeah. a lot
9: of stuff like that that's out sure. there that's. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of Ted Lasso. I'm sure we, anyone who's seen it likes it. It's good, right? Yeah, it's great. I love that his character, like, the the weaving of, like, this super chipper dude and then the realities of what that actually is for him and stuff. Like, that's a great example yeah. of um, seeing the arc pretty quickly and it's, it's played out pretty well. But, yeah. you know, anyway. So that'd be fun if anyone's bored and has a character they want to. But I need time to see it because... <laughs> Right, I can't. I've seen everything you've seen. Yeah,
1: People. you're a busy, you're busy seer of things. That's that's yeah. that's, that's your new title. Uh, all right. Well, this has all been good. Uh, let us know how things go down there in Austin and. Uh, Wendy, we're, you're getting to the wire here on the signups. Oh, yeah. we
9: already started, we oh my started gosh. on Monday. Yeah. Oh sorry, my everyone. heck. That's yeah.
1: great. The is past passed. If you didn't no. get in, sorry, too passed bad. So beginning. sad. But, uh, I know a few that are in and they're all stoked as usual. Uh, yeah. sounds like it's and going, there's pretty always
9: good. another round, but this, this, uh, this round's going great so far. We have a lot of new people. It's really fun and we're really focused on doing stuff that scares us. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. How similar and different we all are in the same time, right? Like, you know, doing something that's hard or scary. And sometimes it's just making a dang phone call. Like, let's be honest. right? Sometimes it's oh. using
1: a bidet for the first time, you know?
9: Um, you
4: know? Yeah. You don't that's know
1: what you're getting into. That's I
9: wasn't thinking of. Oh, okay. that's cold. Yeah. <laughs> <Woo>.
1: <laughs> but boy, do I feel braver now for sitting Woo. on that thing. Thank the yep. French. Once again, the French come up in our conversation.
4: <laughs>
1: uh, excellent. Uh, well, Wendy, it's uh, good to have you on as always. I hope everybody is uh, safe and well, and we will catch you next time on the next Therapy Thursday. Okay. Bye. Bye, bye. now. I can't remove her. Now I did. Bye, bye. All right. <clears throat> that went great. How's your 3D print? Let's check in on Brian. It's good. Yeah, yeah
2: it's, in the, it's in the curing machine, and then I got to take it up and paint it, and then the paint has to dry before I can put in the mail in... Uh, an hour and a half or two hours. Wow. I guess I could take it to the to the post office by five, but yeah. I don't want to drive anywhere. No.
1: <laughs> Who wants <laughs> to do that? Nobody is the answer.
2: Nobody. Nobody wants to do that. No. no.
1: Uh, I had something I wanted to share with you I totally forgot about. It. Yesterday on DTNS, we talked about a story. Uh, let me pull it up here. I actually have it in front of me. Uh, here it is. This is... Oh, uh, shoot. Where's the actual article? Um, here it is. This was scientists at Stanford University published an article uh, on Science Advances describing a 3D printing process that is ten times faster Ooh. than the fastest high resolution printer on the market. Uh, here's the actual data on the how much you can do. Let's see, fifty, uh, let's see, fifty to eighty millimeters per hour.
2: Wow. Okay. Yeah, and That's it's one, a- and
1: it's a it's a resin one like yours.
2: Oh, it's a resin one. It's not a uh, filament? Mm-mm. Total resin printer. But, uh...
1: And people are stoked about this. It's wow. significant. But right now, it's just a... It's prototypical. There's no yeah. retail thing yet, but... You can't buy
2: one yet, but... Oh, well.
1: I thought of you and went, oh, Brian would like this.
2: I oh. need that. Yeah, because right now, the, the, um, the Kyber crystal holder things that I'm making are 14-hour prints, so... Um, it's a, basically i basically got to start at midday, it works overnight, and then in the mornings I've got a, a, a product I can ship out. Nice. Uh,
1: yeah. well, we will watch for that. Yeah. Uh, quick emails, some uh, some very fast ones here. Send and receive email. Uh, before I uh, get too deep into those, I do want to make a mention here. So Jenny jo- Josephson, f- uh, fellow friend of the program, yeah. uh, used to do a show with Tom and Garrett called, I think, Let's, let's talk, talk About, about Star, Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. They ended that show. However, Jenny was like, no, I need the Star Wars to keep going. I still want to talk
2: about stars.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she still wants to talk about it. She loves Star Wars. So she launched a new show called The Fulcrum Feed at fulcrumfeed.com. That's F-U-L-C-R-U-M feed.com. I happen to do the album art for it, but that's not the reason I'm bringing this up. Cool. Um, I was also on her first episode, and we talked about Andor and all things Star Wars, growing up with it, what it meant to us, how the prisoner or the uh, prison warden's son used to get us bootleg copies of all three original movies. (laughs) Great stories came out of that. Anyway, if you guys want to check it out, please do. Jenny's uh, doing a great job with it and um, uh, getting production help from Amos, who's always good at this stuff. Anyway, that's fulcrumfeed.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can hear our first episode where we talk about the first three episodes of Andor.
2: Oh, very cool. Yeah, which I quite liked. Awesome. Very good. Yeah, we're, we're going to be talking music at some point. We've been figuring out what day works, uh, works but... Uh, oh, that's great. Star Wars music? Yeah. That's amazing. Star Wars music, yeah. Oh, I want to hear
1: that. That's a lot of John Williams business and all that stuff. Of course. Yep. You got yep. to talk about that disco thing that came out when we were kids. The um, Mecco, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's great. For sure. Anyway, check that out. Upcoming Brian spot. I didn't even know about that. That's amazing. Um, Let's also now read this from Captain Ed. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is Captain Ed.
2: Uh, (laughs) If you look down to the right side.
1: (laughs) He says, hey, guys, on Mondays and Tuesdays show, you were talking about bad names and mentioned Katrina, meaning bad names because they get hurricanes named after you. Yeah. Anyway, a few weeks before my son was born back in 2005, we were convinced we were having a girl, and we decided on the name Katrina. Luckily, we had a son because he was born three days before Hurricane Katrina decimated New Orleans, and he would have had a Jeez. lifetime of being asked if he was named <laughs> after the hurricane. Keep up the great podcast, uh-huh. Captain Ed. Yeah, see? See?
2: There you go. Got yeah. to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> it could bite you in the ass. That's yeah. right.
1: Here's one from Jeffrey, and this is just in
2: this just in yep, all right i put this hot in off well. of the email presses i'm
1: glad i checked because i put this in during windy and i thought it was good uh dear john holmes and big dick bambone <laughs> rambone sorry uh <laughs> you two can decide which is which he says <laughs>
2: that's all right yeah no, you, whichever you can have whichever one you want scott
1: he says i went to mickey d's last night to pick up my uh, my mom a hot fudge Sunday. The man in front of me ordered the adult happy meal because uh, his little girl, probably four or five, wanted the toy. When he uh-huh. gave it to her, she cried and said it was an alien because it had four <laughs> eyes. Have a great stream, Jeffrey. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
2: That's that's a a toy, a McDonald's toy that comes with free therapy in about uh, fifteen years. That's
1: right. By the way, today's selfie should have that. You should have that toy. Oh, in your I will. Shot. Yeah, I'll use that. Yeah, you got to. Why else? would? You know, Maybe you could,
2: can you Photoshop a, a pair of extra eyes on me? <laughs> I totally could. I could dupe your
1: eyes. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing it. It's in. All We're right, locked. Good. good. Uh, all right. Uh, show stuff coming up. Don't forget today, you got uh, Coverville at 1 p.m. Uh right. here for the stream, Coverville.tv. Yep. Very good. Uh are going in better days back in the day. <laughs> uh, later tonight, we got Core. Uh, that's happening, and that'll be at 5 p.m. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, so check out Core. You want to know how the Overwatch 2 launch went? Well, not well. From a, tec-
2: <laughs> from a technical <laughs> right, standpoint,
1: the game's fine. Where
2: is it in my launcher. I can't find it.
1: Yeah, all that stuff was weird. The DDoS attacks were weird. Everything was weird. Um, we'll talk about that and a whole bunch more tonight on Core at 5 p.m. Mountain uh, right here at the uh, Twitch channel. Uh, guess the connection happening tomorrow. Yep. Yeah,
2: tomorrow, like right before uh, couch party, uh, about an hour before couch car- couch party, couch party, couch pouty, Crotch party, crotch po- yeah, pouty, yeah, pouty, couch pouty. That'll be happening about two p.m. Mountain Time, and then uh, couch party right after that.
1: Yeah, we're doing man, we're doing Man on Fire, the Denzel Washington movie, Man on Fire, and uh, we're gonna watch it live through the Discord via. Uh, or if you're a patron, you get in. Doesn't matter what level, too. Dollar, yeah. that's fine. Get in. Watch oh, that live, yep. And I'll post it. uh This is what oh. early aughts. 2005? Yeah, it came out uh
2: 2004. uh sure. It's an it's a hour. It's 146 minutes, so two hours and uh, twenty five, like two and a half hours. Scott, whoa, it's a beast. It is a beast. Big one. It.
1: Well, is that going to mess I you gotta up? Get
2: on... a, I got to get across town for dinner. uh We'll figure it out. We'll Wait, figure if it
1: out. we need to do something shorter, we totally can. It's not a problem.
2: Or we could do two parts. We could do first half of man on fire well we'll figure it out
1: yeah that's not bad i don't mind that we'll figure it out you guys we got to make sure you make your you got to make your time so it's all good uh anyway that's tomorrow couch party be there for that uh if you're like wait how does that work just check out the discord people explain it to you it's all good uh film sack this weekend we're doing the haunted mansion that's the disney haunted mansion from the eddie murphy one from where also
2: from the early 2000s Yeah. yeah
1: not a good movie from what i've heard but i've never seen it so first time for me Probably oh, second. cool.
2: I'm I'm curious to see what you think, because uh, I had a different reaction this time than when I originally saw it. You saw it last night, right? I watched it last night, because, again, Broncos tonight, dinner Saturday night. I will be probably drunk for 24 hours after the beer fest mm-hmm. on Saturday, and uh, yeah. it'll lead right into film sex Sunday morning. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Perfect. You'll just step right over. It'll be great.
2: Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. So
1: anyway, check that out. We're looking forward to that. Uh, reminder that you can be one of our patrons and get that Couch Party stuff along with lots of other things. That includes If you can't physically be there for Couch Party, that's okay because I put the video archive with all the audio stuff right up on the Patreon after or soon after. So you can get it that way as well if you're a patron. So anyway, sign over at patreon.com TMS. Be like Gabe Geisendorfer, who's been with us since 2004. Just wanted to shout his name out. We got no new patrons yesterday. That's a bummer. Uh, but it's okay. And if you are a new patron by Monday, I'm going to send you something special in the mail. We did that recently. I'll do it again. All right. Mm, so we get nice. Like I love it. The Great. next three patrons that join us bet- uh, over the weekend. Actually, I'll tell you what. Any new patrons over the weekend, I will send one. I don't have one handy, but I'll send you a print magnet wow. sticker pack that uh, you can only get in that way. So uh, anyway, go cool. check it out. And, patreon.com.
2: Uh, even though it's film sack and not tms those uh, cassettes are already going out in the mail so if you are a top level uh film sack patron then uh, those are on the way to you as well
1: awesome frogpants.com slash tms for everything else brian let's play a song and get out of here what do you got
2: I've got a song that's spooky but fun, because Leah asked for that specifically. Uh, She said, hey, Scott and Brian, I've been updating my Halloween playlist while I'm sorting candy and doing costume work, and I don't have it perfected yet. I want to know why you're sorting the candy. Don't you just uh, have it all in one big bowl and throw it out to the kids? That's a we do. Uh, kids are getting stale uh, Japanese Kit Kats this year. Looking forward to it. Um, I'm trying to fill my playlist with spooky but fun music. So there's some Alice Cooper, but also some Jackbox silly spooky stuff, a bit of wow and some Indiana Jones, since we're going to be dressing as Indiana Jones and the Grail Knight this year. You chose wisely. I think I've got the John Williams section of the playlist covered, but the rest I'm still deciding on. I would love to hear what you come up with. Thanks. Signed, Leah. Well, This is an easy choice for me, because uh, when I think of fun and spooky Halloween music, my mind immediately goes to Danny Elfman, who, of course, did the score for uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Anything from that would fit the bill. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything from that would fit the bill. But also from his band originally, uh, Oingo Boingo, the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Uh, Of course, a, uh, a staple of that list should be Dead Man's Party. Here is a rockin' version by The Syndicate from their album Reloaded from 2008. Here is Dead Man's Party.
1: Part of the frog pants network frog pants network get more shows like this at frogpants.com
0: i'm moist like a towelette <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time